Welcome to the In The Dome Podcast. Podcast, everybody. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I'm doing pretty fantastic myself. I mean, we've, we have, we've caught the Oilers. We have the exact same record as the Oilers. The exact same. Isn't that crazy? So, Not okay. a month ago, we were like 12 points behind them. Today, um, it's, it's been three games since we did blasted a podcast. The last podcast we did was right before the back-to-back Colorado-Arizona road trip. So today, we'll go back through the week. Break down all three wins. God, we just can't stop winning. It's so I just nice can't help myself. Win. And it's so weird. Like, it's not even weird. It's just like everything feels so much better when you just win. You know what? You know what else also helps? Playing good hockey. When on a nightly basis, you're winning games. Like, and it's this week, to watch. Here, here's this week. We win three games. The Oilers lose three games. It's it's absolutely my favorite thing in the world. And not only do they lose three games, but their goaltending is atrocious for Did three games. Anybody see good old Mikey Smith let in that goal last? No. Okay. So not only does Dougie Hamilton score from center the other night, which like oh my god, play that at my funeral. When I die, I want that played at my funeral. <laughs> The only thing that would have made that better if Smith was in that. Right. But then what Smith did in Minnesota last night, unreal. Boy, he sucked. Wow. See, and this is what we were saying when the Oilers were rolling. It was like, and we were talking, everyone's like, oh, <laughs> Smith. Well, because he's so good. Because it dated back to one yeah. of the first games of the season when they won 6-5. Exactly. And like one of the, I don't know, you, you were referring to it. One of the analysts was like, Oh, it's finally good to see some barn-burning hockey here in Oiler Nation once again winning a shootout 6-5. That was sure fun. It was like, and McDavid had a goal and like two assists or whatever. And I was like, yeah, it's fun until McDavid scores three points and you lose 6-5 because Mike Smith sucks. And what happened this week? Both games. Both they games. lost 6-5 <laughs> last night. Well, they beat, the Kirkins beat them 6-3 and then the, the Wild beat them 6-5. It's beautiful. So the inevitable collapse is is happening now. Okay, hot take. The Oilers will never be ahead of us in the standings again for the rest of the year. I would honestly wouldn't surprise me. I'm just saying that for fun. But wouldn't that be awesome? All right. It would be awesome. Okay. All right. Let's shift the focus back to the to the red team. The good team. To the team in red, to the boys in red, to the good guys. All right. Now, le- leading up to this week, we we were looking at this as a four-game stretch. Now, we still have Carolina tomorrow. So yeah. we played three out of these four games. Yeah. But remember, I remember you specifically being like, boy, you sure got four tough games coming up. Like, you'd be, well, that's you'd be hard-pressed to maybe get four out of eight points yeah. here. Or, well, we, we were talking uh, about... The, it was when we were talking Six about going into points. the weekend with, with, with the LA Kings. And we were like, okay, you have to beat the Kings. I think it was the Kings and the Senators. Right, it's like, hey, you gotta get four to four there because look at next week. Next week's gonna be tough. You've got the team you can't seem to beat, the team that's leading the Pacific. The Toronto Maple Leafs are no slouch, and then you have the Carolina Hurricanes who are rolling pretty good this year. So we were like, hey, you gotta get the oh, it's Buffalo. You gotta beat Buffalo and LA for sure yeah. because you're probably not getting well. And I mean, if you look at these four games we're having in a row. You could probably look through the schedule for the whole entire season, and this might be the best four games you play con- consecutively. Consecutively, yeah, for all sure. Year. Oh, totally, for sure. And right now we're three out of four. Yeah, and it's awesome. So I mean, you could even lose tomorrow, and it's not even a big deal. But hey, I wouldn't mind seeing Dougie Hamilton score a few goals, and we take the L. I'm just kidding, <laughs> sort of. Jeez, you really burn me up. <laughs> but no, like seriously, like. And you know what? I was listening to 
I was listening to one, I think, pr- just just after Bill Peters had been fired or let go or resign, whatever. And you were like, maybe we're exactly where we need to be. It's weird how the narrative, it's not even a narrative, but man, it's just when you can win and play in the Flames can play the way that we'd like to see them play, boy, it just makes all the world of difference. And again, like I keep saying this, like how much of a difference does it make when you start getting a few bounces, your shooting percentage starts to normalize, and you start just scoring goals at a normal pace? Boy, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, and that's the biggest thing we're starting to see is that we couldn't buy a goal and everything was going wrong. And now it is. It's just normalizing. Yeah. So, boy, that makes a huge difference. But even like when I when I put that out there, like maybe we're right where we need to be, I wasn't I wasn't saying, hey, this let's is- go on an eight-hour yeah, run. Exactly. Well, and the other thing that's kind of annoying me. All is, I was saying is like, let's just progressively get a little bit better and better until the rest right, of the season. Exactly. Riding the wave, riding the wave of emotion is okay because I see a lot of people now who are like, mm, "Welcome back to the bandwagon." I've been here the whole time. It's like I've been having all sorts of fun all year, regardless of how how much we stink. It's like losing blows. Nobody wants to lose. So if you're critical and mad when we're I losing. Think, I think the thing is if you're having fun while we're in a six-game losing You're shoot, an idiot. You have problems. You are the bandwagon. You are the non-fan. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Just thought we'd clear that up. Just clearing the air. Okay, so I want to go game by game here. What do we want to do? Well, before we do, I want to jump on one more thing. Is oh, like okay. Another narrative you're starting to see. I'm seeing on Twitter. Hey, maybe Bill Peters was the problem. Duh. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to go back. We need a right here insert. Of... I, know, I think it was November 13th. We did a podcast called What's Wrong With This Team? And I was bringing up this narrative. Maybe Bill Peters is the problem. For all of these reasons, what or do you part think? Part of the problem. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. It's really fascinating because it's starting to look more and more like, you know what? Bill Peters was an idiot, and the guys didn't like him. Dude, Michael Furlick has three goals since Bill Peters was let go. How about Lucic? Lucic has three goals. How about Johnny? And yeah, how about, like, how about Monty? I'm not saying that he should was, just go down the entire roster. The problem is on the fan. All they keep saying is, "No, it's not Bill Peters' fault." It's like obviously it was partially his fault, right? Like obviously he was doing something well, not correct. If you look at the results before and after the coaching change and you don't say that Bill Peters was part of the problem, then you are an idiot. Because yeah, no shit. Because like I I I feel like obviously it's not all his fault. And it's not all on him. And I think the team was starting to show signs, especially in that Pittsburgh game before all the shit went down. hundred percent. But if you look at the the energy difference. The emotional difference. And if you look at the players who are now playing well. The players that stunk for absolutely no reason. Like, that was worse than a slump. There was something else going on. And they're back to playing Calgary. Back to playing and the, what made the, what made doing what made them successful last year. And the biggest year. difference, the third game after Bill, the whole Bill Pierce incident was done, which was really kind of the first game. Yeah. Because the first game under Jeff Ward, Bill Pierce wasn't fired. The second game, he wasn't even fired. Or was he? The second game might have been the same day or whatever. Well, yeah, he hadn't officially been let go yet. But it wasn't until the third game where they'd actually had a couple practices under Jeff Ward till we saw Johnny return to form. Yeah. And it was that game. Exactly. So the correlation, you tell me that's a coincidence? Like, sure, there are some coincidences. People say there's no coincidence. Sure, there are no coincidences. There's some coincidences. Well, but, again, like... But something of that obvious? Come on. 
No, I know. And I mean, even the fact that they've they've tightened up defensively, they're back to you know like four checking a little bit. They're and it's the not that the, I don't think the line combinations like exactly how they're formulated are like everyone's like oh those line combinations are the key. I think the fact that he has identified a problem and tried to fix it. It's not just these players playing together. It's not the fact that you've just got like Gaudreau playing with Lucic and Ryan. It's not like that's like the key was putting Gaudreau with Lucic. No. It's yep. the key that th- is that you needed to address the team's depth and the scoring attack and make it more balanced. So it's like any, it's like a change like that makes a huge difference, obviously. And one more thing to drive the point home. Johnny was interviewed sometime this week about Ward. And he said, we enjoy playing for him. Yeah. You telling me that if there was absolutely nothing with Bill Peters, he would go out and say that? That's like, he? that's kind of like his safe way of basically saying there was a problem. Well, that's I mean, how I read into if, it. If you because could, if there, if Bill Peters was an angel, a saint, and everybody loved him, Johnny wouldn't say that. I don't think. No, I don't think so either. And if you even go look, like if, if you're a subscriber to HockeyViz.com, which is like, I don't know, it's got a lot of cool stuff. It's by this mathematician guy. Um, he's got some like isolated impact things, and he, he's got this linear regression model that shows like actual isolated impacts of coaches. Like it shows Bill Peters is a shitty coach. I'm not surprised. I mean, look at it. Look at his ten years. Four years in Carolina, no playoffs. Like, sure, he had, they had a really good year last year, but how well, much of that was Bill Peters? They sure did. And yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think even in spite of that, you and me were still kind of like frustrated with what a lot, some of what he did last year. The right? biggest problem for me was some of the player personnel issues. Exactly. David Riddick, for me, is one. I'm still not going to write all that off on that he was injured. Because he pulled him early in San Jose, and that's when it be, all of it begun. Yeah. How he handled the goaltending. The whole Froelich thing. Yep. And then the James Neal thing. Yeah, which, yeah. And then it started before the season even started this year with Dubé and Shillington. Well, Dubé last year, too. Yeah. And, I mean, he didn't, like... The Shillington thing is still going on to an extent, which is driving me crazy. We'll get to that later. But, like, you can't deny that he... Like, he was calling out Dylan Dubé, who was literally your best player in preseason. He's calling him out, a 20-year-old, 21-year-old kid. He's you're calling your call best him out. forward prospect you've had in, in a few seasons now. Like why like why are you calling him out? Like what are you doing? That makes no sense. How does that build a guy's confidence? Right? So I don't know where we're going with this, but it seems pretty evident that you were correct in your assessment and give you full credit because you're the one who called it first. So yeah, heard heard it here first, folks. Yeah, heard it here first. All right. Colorado, we went into this game being like, "Oh God, here's yeah. the juggernaut, Colorado." Colorado, like Colorado. you said earlier, like you said earlier, it's a team we can't seem to be able to beat. Well, we even watching that game, I was like, even though we were, when we were up four two, I was like, just get the point, just Me too. get the point. Yep. You need a point. And I think both of us, did we think we're gonna lose going into that? I'm pretty sure we did. Oh yeah. So, anyways, you start to see you had two games that were like Buffalo and was it L.A. It was, was it, no, what was, yeah. yeah Buffalo, LA, yep. Buffalo, LA before, I don't know, what was the one before Buffalo? That was Ottawa, wasn't it? Yeah, because those were your first two wins under Ward. Ottawa and Buffalo were kind of like, well, we won those games, but. Well, and you beat Buffalo the game previous as well, right? Yeah, so it, was, like, it was while we were on the road trip during the Bill Peter stuff where it's kind of like, well, we got two wins, but we kind of yeah. scratched those out. You beat Philly in a game you didn't even deserve to be in the same building. 
Yeah. You got a point out of Pittsburgh, played okay. You beat Buffalo again in overtime. You beat Ottawa. You beat Buffalo. So, and then beat LA. So it's not like it's like the you're not running the gamut of like Stanley Cup contenders here. Yeah. So there, there was guy. Well, it's gonna be a tough four game stretch, and especially this this opening road trip, this back to back. But anyways, you're going to Colorado. That was a fantastic game. That was a fun. If if you if it wasn't the Flames that well even it was fun to watch. Like and this is a bit of an aside. I really think Nathan McKinnon is the funnest hockey player to watch. I would rather watch him play than Connor McDavid. Man, is he fun to watch. Anyways. He is good. He's so good. He's a little ridiculous. And I am apparently way out to lunch because before the season, I was like, I don't think Colorado's going to be that good. They're missing McCarr, Grubauer, Ranton, and Landeskog have been hurt for most of the year. Well, and I think we said this on a live. I feel like they're the scariest. They're, they're, they to scare me, the shit out of me. They're the scariest team to yeah. play against. Like they scare me more than Washington. Holy cow! They scare me more than Boston. Audrey's hurt. They scare me more than Toronto. Yeah, like they, they scare me. Like we're up four two, and you're like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Can we at least get a point out of this? No shit, right? Because you know they're coming back. So I thought overall that game, I thought we hung in there, and it was kind of similar to to last night. It was like, sure, Colorado had the line share line share of the possession um, battle, but like our top guys were good, and we got some goals finally. Yep. And they may have won the possession game, but we did a lot of good things too. We did a, lo- a lot not, of good things. It's not like it was one of those undeserved wins. It wasn't like the Philly game where it's like, holy shit, did we ever get crushed and barely squeak out a win there? Yeah. It was like they still played a pretty good game. And I like kind of going through some of the goals. Um, Ryan scored that first goal. It was a tip from a shot from Shillington. Set up by Dubay. And Dubay, man, that's set up. It was all, to me, that's all Dubay. Well, yeah, that's kind of gotten. I think that's gotten lost. He had a, he had a tough night last night. That whole line did actually. But, yeah, that's true. Um, the thing that's kind of gotten lost in like, oh, Lucic is playing so well is like Dylan Dubay has been added to his line, and he's yep. been playing with Johnny Gaudreau and Dylan Dubay. That's why he's probably playing well. So credit, Dubay was good in that game. I think we said we're probably going to see something from Chuck finally because it had been a while. Yeah, Chuck, you got a power play goal. Power play goal, and like even the fact, like. Again, I don't want to go all body language, Eric Francis, but like, what would have happened three weeks ago if Kachuk has that shot? He probably would have like hesitated or tried to go down low. He saw he had some room and he buried it yeah. and it went in. And that that kind of almost started to turn the tide a bit yeah. on the power play. And again, like I, that's where Kachuk should be on the power play for me. Yeah, I agree. he should be on the left wing boards. Yep. Like okay, in a one time position. We're gonna get into the Toronto game later, but. The one thing I did like about the Leafs game last night was their power play. Like, I know it was a five on three, but did you see the movement? Like, not only the puck was moving, the players were shifting and rotating. Like, I want to see more of that from the yeah. Flames. And they so. got some set plays. Yeah, totally. Monch had a goal. It, it, to me, it was a little bit of a lucky goal, but still a great shot. Sure, great shot. And yeah. he, he's been dangerous. And then, man, how good's Froelich been? Froelich, so good. That play, Jankowski that does the is, flip is up. only point of the season. Jankowski coming down the center ice as a flip pass. That was like a, it wasn't a set play, but they knew what they were doing. Yeah, he's, yeah. And Reader, what a play. Banks it out of the air. Makes with his skate. Six unbelievable kick up to his Banks stick. Banks it up, kicks it with his skate between his legs, to and a then a great feed. Uh, that was unbelievable. That was unreal. That, that line, was, that was that line the, has been unreal for the past three games. They've been great. They've been probably the best line. And then you, and go, then, to, and then you go to overtime. The capper. And to me, it's the sick toe drag. From Dylan Dubé. The ball's on, on who? 
on G, the one of the best players on earth. He's definitely in the top three. Like, holy Christ, that was sweet. I think right now in the NHL, your top three players are McDavid, Drysdale, and McKinnon. Yeah, absolutely agree. So you just toe drag one of the top players in the in the league. And okay, here's another thing that I was like, thank God Jeff Ward, thank God Bill Peters is gone. You think if Bill Peters was the coach, oh. Dylan, Dylan Dubé would have seen the ice in overtime? Hell fucking no. So good on Jeff for putting him out there because he had a really good game. And you put him out there. And then how about the Jets by Dude, Monaghan? Like, again, like I was even excited on the play. I was like, oh, sweet. Dubé made a nice pass there. And then Monaghan turns on the Jets. And who was that? Marantanen? Uh No, I think it was Zadarov, actually. Okay. Maybe. I, I'm not 100%. And then Muster Moneyhands, Mr. Overtime. Yeah, baby. How sick is Rick Ball's overtime call, just as an aside? I don't recall it. Ooh, Sean Monaghan in overtime. Man. It's so good. Rick has silky butt. So... The fan base has been alive for a while, but that, when you start to string wings to win together and you have wins like that... That Colorado game... Okay, you know how we talk about maybe there's no turning point? For me, that felt like it could be the closest thing to a quote-unquote turning point. It was just a cathartic win, right? It's like you beat this team you can't fucking beat in a game where you battled back from being down one nothing, 2-1. Then you were up, they come back. You battled back. Your top players got it going a bit. Yeah, like that's that is a game that I that maybe we look back and be like, okay, that's when they started to really turn it around. Well, I honestly, I know you keep saying this, but let's be honest. We're gonna look back and say the turning point was Akeem Alou coming out <laughs> and outing Bill Peters and the removal of Bill Peters. Thank you, Akeem. But you're right, and I mean, like this when you go on any sort of run. You're going to have to win games in all sorts of fashions. Exactly. You're not just going to blow out. You're going to have overtime wins. You're going to come from behind wins because you're going to be in all sorts of situations. If you want to go on a consecutive game winning streak, you're going to have to put together all sorts of different wins. Yeah. And that was one of those ones where it's just like, damn, we just beat Colorado in Colorado and it was a barn burner. Yeah. And goddamn, we look good. And it's like, we can, we can score with the best of them. It's like, we can keep up with these guys. We, we, just out, we just outscored Colorado. Yeah. We just outscored Toronto. Yeah. So that is so encouraging. So. All right. Fast forward to Arizona. Let's do it. Because I think you want, you. here's the thing. You win in Colorado. And you're like, well, we got Arizona. We're on a second half of a back-to-back. Got Talbot going in. Are we good? I don't know. Are, are we going to, how are we going to be? You, you were kind of just like happy to get the win in Colorado. And all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. We're up to 4 nothing. There's the team we know. And you're just like, I think the elation I mean, I was on social media for that game. The elation of just like, finally. Like, yeah. fuck. If <laughs> if the Avs game was like a big exhale, like, oh, fuck, finally. The Phoenix game was like a big, like, fucking inhale, like, inhale of like, okay, let's go, baby. Let's do let's this. Let's go. We're back. My favorite goal in that game was the opening goal for a leak from Ronaldo. Fuck, Ronaldo was, has been good. He was good. And, like... Okay, so Zach Ronaldo, his game score was 3.43. That's the eighth highest game score by an individual player this year. He had one of the best games of the year. So good on Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> and yeah, that fourth line has been good. And we were without Chuck for that game. And the like, fourth, good on them. And the fourth line did it again last right? night. Right, and Arizona definitely, I think, was for the most part the better team. Um, yeah, and but it was puck, for the most part. But then you saw the puck luck evening out because exactly. we were getting bounces and they weren't. And we were doing way more of what we weren't doing before is actually generating yeah. high danger quality chances. But it was one of those things where it's like 
you didn't just win a game that you didn't deserve to win. Yeah. It's like, sure, maybe overall you're outplayed, but you still did a lot of good things. And, I mean, you're up 4 nothing, so obviously you're yeah. going to sit back. They did it. tons of good things. Like, they, they, Possession-wise, the Coyotes, they didn't dominate us, but they were definitely a better team. But still, we had 62% of the high-danger chances for. So that tells it all right there. I, I think one thing to point out about this game, which is, you know, one of the linings or the game within the game that you need to pay attention to is like Johnny and Monty both scored again. Yeah, and pa- we got some power play goals. Yep, so Johnny scored off a face-off from Ryan. Which was a beauty. Nice little, f- great little play. And then Monaghan on the, was it the breakaway? Well, he had like a partial break. It was up the left wing boards. From Backlund. Yeah. And my God, what a pairing. I know, right? Who would have thought Backlund would be feeding Monaghan all over the place? I was thinking about this last night because they talked about it a little bit. And I was like, not to toot our own horn here, but it's just like. No, fucking toot away. (laughs) We've been calling this shit for a while. We were talking about how like, okay, if you could ever have a line, a, a great solid possession line that can play all the tough minutes. And we were suggesting the exact line that is now the quote-unquote first line, Lindholm, Manjikani, we were suggesting it be the first line. Yeah, and we were like, if you can throw those guys out as the quote-unquote first line and they can do something similar like that, not to the extent like a Marchand-Bergeron line where it's like they take all the tough minutes and they can be really solid in their own zone and they can be like a really great possession line and play both ways, that would free up Goudreau and Monaghan and whoever else to do, do some good things offensively. And that's what we've been seeing. Yeah. Right? And then we said, put Johnny and Monty in the second line. Yeah. Now, Ward has tweaked that a bit. He's got Monty in back line, and then he's got Goudreau on the third line for a portion for of the game. For a little bit. And, and, okay, it seems like as soon as I start thinking, okay, now is the time to get Johnny Goudreau into the game and get him on the second line and get he him with it. Monaghan, it's, he's done it before it's, I except, even say it. Except for he didn't do it in Arizona because you're up 4 nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing that fascinates me the most about this is, like, if you look at the starting lineup, which is the first line of Lindholm, Chucky, Monge, second line of Dubé, Backland, and Monaghan, and then the third line has been rolling up with Ryan, Lutic, and Goudreau. If you're a coach on an opposing team and you're a matchup guy, what the hell are you doing? How are you How are you matching up with this lineup? Well, like, this, What is your strategy? This is how... Yeah, I know, right? Like, do you focus on Gaudreau? Do you focus on Monaghan Backlund? Do you focus on the top line? Like, how are you supposed to... Well, and here's it's, what's... It's pretty inter- brilliant. Here's what's interesting about... Because I know we have been giving Mark Jankowski shit this year. Everybody's giving him shit. Dude has one point the whole season, so he's ripe for criticism. But Jeff Ward's been saying, it's like, when you can have a fourth line of Jankowski, Froelich, and Reader... Which, they've been excellent as well. You can play those guys. That adds even more to the matchup problem, because... Yeah. You can throw out your fourth line against the other team's top six. Like, and how good were they last night? Like, against Colorado, Mark Jankowski played the majority of his minutes on the ice. Didn't play that much, like 10 minutes, against Nathan McKinnon. And they they did this game again last night. Yeah. How did you feel about it last night? I I didn't mind it last night. Okay. But, like, it freaks me out a little bit, obviously. I'm still not 100% sold on it yet. I don't think you want to go out and be like, yeah, Jank... But, like, there was one play last night specifically where Jankowski... Was taking a defensive zone faceoff, not on an icing, so by choice by Jeff Ward against the Tavares line, and they won the draw and got the puck out. And I was like, "Geez, fuck!" And, and the thing is, is like he's done an excellent job with this so far of getting these guys that are kind of like starting to fall off the face of the earth back back into it. Well, like guys then, like Jankowski, like, like you saw it in Arizona, Chucky was out. 
He brought Jankowski in on the power play as a fan. You're like, what the hell are you doing? But then three shifts later, Janko's now making plays five on five. You see the play he made last night, little toe drag. Yeah, he's like he's starting to he's starting to trend upwards. He's fostering his confidence a little bit. And I the reason why is because he got that power play time. So Jeff Ward, now it could be kind of like beginner's New coach luck. Bias. Beginner's luck. Yeah. You know, we're just like praising this guy. It, it probably will even out, Obviously, but even he's still, not go 82 and even out. still, the investments that he's making yeah. now will you will cash in long term on those. Having all these guys turn around now, you're gonna see that get stretched out longer into the season. Well, and I'm. With that being said, I'm really frustrated that Michael Stone keeps getting playing time. But that's probably the one grievance we both have. I'll I'll let that play out a little bit. Yeah. Hey, if we keep winning, he had a great five on three, obviously last night. Yeah. He was good on the five on three, so I'll give him credit. Which there. again, I'm like, why checks. the fuck is Stone again, on a five like, on three? If Je- I'm going to give Jeff Ward the benefit of the doubt here. What he's done so far has been yeah. working. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's a, I'm still really pissed because I think you're a way well. I know you're a way better team with Shillington in the lineup than Michael Stone. Well, and the thing but is, I'll let that play out a little bit. The also the other thing with that is like, well, and I get it. Like, okay, I was going to make a point that Shillington, he is your future. The more you invest in him now, the bigger return you're going to get later. But there is something to be said too of like he can he can still develop. I just hope they're going to play that right. But yeah, yeah, he needs benefit of the doubt. I agree, but not for much longer. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, how good have Reader and Ronaldo been? Dude, like, everybody on that fourth line. Because through the first 20, 22 games of the season, I'm like, this Reader guy has zero upside. God, he's fast. I did not see this upside coming. Well, I, I have to call myself a jackass. I'll take credit. I don't care. Like, I, I thought this guy sucked. I didn't realize that he, he could take his speed... And make it work for him in the way that he is now. If he's playing on the, He's making it really effective. If he's playing on the fourth line, yeah, he's good and banking league minimum. Perfect. How good is okay? We've been harping on for league making four point is it four point three million on the fourth line? It's unacceptable. But hey, if for league is gonna be producing on in a fourth line role like he is now, I'm up for paying that I'm much. Totally all good, especially on his last year of his deal. Again, if somebody comes to Brad Living and is like, hey, want to trade me Michael Forleak? Absolutely, you do it all day long right now. Because yep. his value is kind of... Plus, you got guys like Zarnik Bennett exactly. coming back. And that's that's going to be interesting to see. It's kind of funny. Like I keep hearing on the fans, like, oh, what are they going to do? And for me, it's like, well, it's pretty easy. Bennett and Zarnik are better than Reader and Ronaldo. So yeah. even though they've played well. But I'm, gonna, I'm curious to see how Jeff Ward manages that. Because you do have to do it... Like, if you're an asshole like me and you're like best players play all the time, like obviously I'm I'm gonna be curious to see how he handles this because you still have to reward guys who have played really excellent. Yeah. And I thought he made the right call last night. Jankowski in over Ronaldo, Reader for Leak, Jankowski in over Ronaldo. I thought that was the right call. Um, I I thought for Leak scored. So I personally didn't. I I thought it was the right call. It's like you can only get so like. But it's hard to argue with winning. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard to like. You're not going to get there. Like, you think Zach Ronaldo is going to keep scoring again? Like, you have to know when your ROI is going to be high or low. So, I thought he played that really well. So, Arizona win. That's that's one you're like, you played a pretty solid game coming off a of back-to-back when and, you just beat the Avs. Like, and wow. then you got your third goal from Milan Lucic in four games. From Anderson again. And somebody pointed out there's a little bit of chemistry happening there on yes, that sir. part, on that PP2. Power play two. Anderson and Lucic on the side of the net. I like it. So, we'll keep an eye out. Honestly, that game... And he, yeah, that game, PP2, 
I thought was much better than PP1. Well, having Rasmus run it helps. God, is he good. For me, like, I'd put him on power play one over Geo. I think he's better on the power play. Okay, and props, honestly, Hannafin has been, he's been, he's been solid on PP2. He's been good on, which is where he belongs. His puck movement? He's good on the power play. Like, That's where he belongs. He, I've been he, saying this, if you look at his time in Carolina, his best year was his last year there, where he played third-paying minutes, a lot of offensive zone starts, a lot of power play time. He, he, could was, probably, he was quite effective. He could probably be better at keeping the puck in. Yeah. But how he handles the passes up there, he's so smooth, he's so solid, and he makes the right dish yeah. almost every time. So I've been really impressed with Hannafin this last little stretch, especially on PP2. So another solid win in AZ. And, and then everyone's like, fuck, we just did it. Yeah. We beat the team you can't beat, like you said, the, the team at the top of the Pacific. A team that shut us out not too long ago as well. And then you're like, okay, but now the Leafs are in town. Yeah. So, um, and it's a, it's going to be a predominant, well, not predominantly, I think there was predominantly a Flames fan, but there was a shitload of Leafs fans there last night. Okay, let's just get one thing out of the way. If you were at the Saddle Home last night, I got a bit of a beef to pick with, a bone to pick with you. A the beef, beef save, Dave, babe? So, the fucking Leafs fans got a Freddie Anderson chant going, but you guys can't get a big save Dave chant going in rebuttal? Guy, they- Come on, guys. The guy was. I'm ashamed. The guy was monstrous on a on that five on three. He's the reason why you. Well, him and Geo actually Stone made a good. Baby. Stone made a good. Stick they were track. all great. I'm but ashamed. But big save, Dave. The last line of defense, keeping the puck out of the net. You got. And it. then he stops Tavares on, on a, a fucking breakaway. breakaway. And, and there's is no. Is there a peep? Is there's no big save, Dave Chan. And I've heard someone say, "Oh, he doesn't like that chant." Bullshit! He doesn't like that chant. You don't think he likes that? He'll say that. I don't give a shit if you he tell doesn't me like it. If he says that, he secretly doesn't love Chant it. Chant Dave. Chant Ritter. No. Do something. Chant Big Save Dave. Like, I was embarrassed. And I said this to Frank on the last podcast. It's like, it bugs me that when the Leafs come to town, they're louder than our fans. And it's not because I hate Leafs fans. It's because it's embarrassing. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that you let teams come into the Saddle Dome and out cheer us. Come on. Be better. Okay. All right. Getting that off your chest. Last night... It was interesting to watch the Leafs play last night because, as everybody knows, I'm a big Kyle Dubas fan. I do like how this team is constructed. They have a shit ton of talent. I was absolutely terrified of the Tavares line going up against the Hannafin, the Hamannick pairing. I was absolutely terrified of anybody touching anybody in the Leafs' top six going out against Michael Stone. And did Austin Matthews play last night? I mean... I didn't notice him much till the five on three. That's literally until he hit that post on the five on three. I was like, "Oh shit!" I forgot he was even playing. Which, by the way, Dave Riddick made an amazing save after that. Unbelievable save. That does piss me off. Right? Isn't it stupid? It pisses me off. If you were at the game last night, you should be ashamed. All right. If he's playing tomorrow and you're there, make sure you get that chant going. Oh yeah. I'll be the New Year's game. Like seriously. Pathetic. All right. Pathetic. Okay, so here's the breakdown of the game. They go up one nothing. Hammer. I I to, See, like, I thought we were fucked. So I was did like, I. Because as everybody knows, I do criticize the Hammond and Cannon preparing a lot. They're not very great defensively. That first goal, I was like, oh shit, Tavares is going to crush these guys tonight, and he did on that shift. Yeah, and then this, even their second goal was unreal. Yeah. So, but Hammer, this is why I say to you. On, on paper and statistically and on a night-to-night basis, if you take, there's there's a level of competitiveness 
right? Because you're always like, no, like, let's get rid of Hamannick, and I get it. Well, I usually say that, and it's like, if it's Brody or Hamannick, I'd take Brody. Yeah. But there's some guys, and he's one of them, and I say this, I say, he has the warrior in him, where he'll go to war, and what you see all this last year, too. He steps up in big moments. It's like, if you look at his goals last year, they weren't like, oh, we're up 4-1, and he squeaks one out, and he's part of the contribution. It's like, no. It's like, usually we go down, and he comes right back with a goal. Like, that's what his goals were last year. He did it again he last night. He was snipe. And that's what's so weird about Hamannick, is like, most people think he is a, def- a stay-at-home defenseman with no offensive upside. It's If you look at the underlying numbers, it's actually the exact reverse opposite. Yeah. He's not very good defensively, but he does get a he does, when he's on the ice. The Flames have a lot more scoring chances. Yeah. So, I mean, I I was like, oh fucking Hamnick, you stupid idiot. Oh sweet goal, Hamnick. So it was a great goal. Yeah. Like he picked that corner, and Freddie Anderson, no slouch, man. But then the Leafs go back up two one, and you're just like, geez, man. Like, yeah. And that's, that's the okay, second period. The that, Leafs they dominated. They really dominated. Yeah. And I, I even said to you, like, this is kind of embarrassing. There was like a five or six minute shift uh, period of time there, like right in the middle of the of the game, where I was like, oh shit, this is stupid. Because I, I don't know. I think this is a thing with Calgary fans. I think we do have um, uh, like uh, kind of a a complex of like inferiority, kind of you know, especially when we're playing the Leafs. It's like we're on national TV. It's like, oh, we suck. And I always love when the Flames crush the Leafs on national TV. So I was like freaked out. I was like, fuck, they think we suck. Right. And we did suck for like six minutes there. But. What did I text you in the second intermission? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. I said this third period. Yes, you did. What did I say? You said we got to come up flying this third period. Said, Biggest period of the season. I said this third period has to be your best period of the season. Yeah. Was it? Was that, like, was those three goals in that how many minutes span? Like, four minutes? It was less. Was that? It was, the, like, three minutes. Was that? Followed by killing off a, a lengthy five-on-three. It was, like, a minute and 30 of five-on-three against one of the... Pff, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, That's the Gardner. scare. How many millions of dollars was out on that ice? Millions. Probably, like, $40 million. Did they even like outside of that they one had the post? post and then the rebound off the post so the Riddick made a great save. Five on three for like almost a minute and a half. So you you cut us to that though. The Jankowski penalty was bullshit. Yeah, that was fucking dumb. That was. And if you know if Mark Jankowski's fired up, <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> so, anyways, I think it's in the first minute. Johnny Snipes, a nice pass off the wall from Backland. Are literally like. I haven't cheered that hard all year because that little, he does like, he gets that pass. He doesn't shoot right away. He kind of like, it wasn't a toe drag. How good was he in that third period? But he just kind of double clutched it, right? Double clutch roof. About a minute and a half later, bad play by Spezza. Was it it to Jankowski? Jankowski? Or no, I think it went right to... It went right to uh, Reed. Right to Reader. Yeah, yeah, right to Reader. Yeah. Reader, fuck, he's fast. He, that he transition. Way too, he had before that. Yeah. He is so fast. Yeah. I can't even believe how fast he skates. That transition up, that pass to Frolik was perfect. Frolik. Okay, some guys are saying Anderson should have had that shot. No, that was a good Nine shot. Nine times out of ten, when you bang it right off the post there. That's like, one of the hardest shots to stop. How like do you That, like, like, right above the pad shot? Come on. The only way you can really stop that is if you're accidentally out of position. Yeah. Then, was it like 30 seconds later? That was sick. Was it Hamnick from the point? Yep. Hamnick, Johnny, tips it. 
Like you can just see Johnny. Like you can see if you if you see the angle from behind the net. I, I think Hamannick maybe saw him coming because he kept that puck right on the ice. Yep. No, I think it was a set. Yeah. But he, you he can see that. Johnny. You can see him behind the net, and you can see that soft spot right in front of the net. It's wide open. Nobody picks him up, and he just cruises right in. Yep. Just perfect tip. And at that point, you're like, you know what? I think we're going to win this game. Yep. Because I felt good coming into that game. I felt pretty damn confident we were going to beat the Leafs. I was a little worried. I was a little worried, but I was still confident because I knew we were rolling. I was a little worried. Like, and I had a feeling Big Save Dave was going to be big last night. I was actually like, boy, I was, I was really underwhelmed by the Leafs' offense last night. Well, but we are starting to play better defensively as well. Yeah, it's true, right? We're starting to tighten up. Like we again, like last night, um, we did give up more high danger chances, for sure. But five on or uh, we killed off the five on three. That five on three, to me, that solidified everything that yeah. we've seen in this last seven game winning streak. That's that was like the tipping point. Last year was like because what have you heard all year? Our top, we're not, we're never going to go. We're going to go as far as our top players take us, right? Top players were your top players last night. Yeah. Johnny and Monty, pretty much won you, arguably you could say their performances won you the game. Well, and you you also had secondary scoring contributions yeah, exactly. as well. It was like yeah. it was a great team win. Yeah. So when those guys are playing like they played last night, Riddick's solid. You're playing pretty well defensively. Because again, like we did give up more high danger chances. Yep. But you didn't give up too much. And Riddick was good when you did give them up. J.D. Bunkus, I wonder if you watched... Did he watch the game last night? Hey, J.D. Hey, anybody in Toronto, uh, remind me again how our goaltending sucks. Hey, J... Hey, hey, J.D. Remember when you called into the Fan 960 about a month ago? And you you talk- might not remember because they completely deleted every last speck of audio. Remember how you just trashed... David Riddick and the entire Calgary Flames fan base for thinking he was good. How you fucking laughed at the name Big Save Dave. How is it ridiculous? Hey JD Bunkus, did you watch the game last night? Was that the first Flames games you actually watched? Did you actually get to see David Riddick last night? Was he actually any good? You know who he was better than last night by a long shot was Freddie Anderson. Hey JD, suck it. Hey D. Hey, JD, suck Big Dick Rick. <laughs> suck him. God, that pissed me off when I heard about that. So if you don't know this story, JD Bunkus is on Pinder. And you know what? I don't actually even mind JD, to be honest. I haven't heard him talk you know, that before much. Before that, I like the yeah. guy. I so hate he, him now. He came on the fan. He's like an idiot. I don't remember. When was it? Was it into the season? No, it was about a month and a half ago, I think. Yeah. And he was ripping David Rick. He was like, yeah, he's not an NHL goaltender. There's no way the Flames are going to go anywhere. He called with this the Calgary guy. Flames fan base delusional. Yeah, he was like delusional. I think this guy's the number one. And he got ripped. Like everybody had, like went after him on Twitter. It's like, what are you talking about? Like it was an hour after it happened. I Chase, like this Chase, one of the guys we always talk about on, or talk to on Twitter and Instagram, he sent us the link. And by the time I went to, to read it after we finished our live, it was already removed. They removed every speck of audio. He deleted every tweet. Pinder deleted every tweet about it. It's gone from the face of the earth. You can usually go back. You can download the podcast from the Fan960 for the day. On the website. Yep. Went and checked. Gone. 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 No mention of it. Even in Chase's tweet, I commented, oh yeah, one of these quote unquote experts that makes 
takes on the Flames and their goaltending without even watching the team play. And he, and he actually even responded. He responded to you. He's like, settle down, guys. It wasn't an expert take. I was just joking. I came on a... Someone invited... Someone called me onto their show and blah, blah, blah. I was like, come on, bud. You're, you get paid to cover hockey. You know what you said. Exactly. Own it instead of deleting every tweet about it. So, JD, so, I so hope shame, you hear this, man. Shame on you, JD. Yeah. Shame on you, Sportsnet. No shit. Shame on you, For Fat 960. It? Why is Pinder deleting it? What a dickhead. It's weak. That's totally weak. So I hope JD was watching closely last night to see David Riddick have a hell of a performance and stop 32 of 34 shots. And, like, that's what David Riddick does all season long. If you watch the was games. That like, if was, you watch the games. Was that like, holy shit, where'd that performance come out of? No, he pretty much does that every night. And he's been doing that for a year and a half almost. So it's it's watch the games, people. Watch the games. All right, so we got Carolina tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I'll be and, there. I'm going and, to the game. Um, I'll see my boy Dougie Hamilton in action. And then I guess Crosby's not back, but you got Pittsburgh on Tuesday, yep. and Montreal is starting to turn it around next you, week. On you got Thursday. a nice three game homestand. You got a lighter schedule here. What do you? What? How do you feel about these afternoon games? I'm not a big fan of them. I hate afternoon games. It's definitely an Amer. I understand if it's like for kids and stuff. Well, that's that's oh. what I think of when I think of afternoon games. Yeah. Like that's for kids. I, I understand you do one of those a year. I'm totally okay. With sure, it. it's a family. Day I don't or get it though. Like that seems to be a very American thing. Like afternoon sporting games. Yeah, it's like football in the I afternoon. I never. I hate that. Yeah. It takes up your whole day. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going because especially if you want to. Well, I guess if you want to drink, it's not too bad. But but it's like it's like kind of weird. Like how am I gonna get jacked up in the middle of the afternoon? No, it's kind. It is weird. It's weird. It's weird. Anyways, I'll be at the game just because I like watching the Hurricanes play, and I don't know. I want to wear my Heritage Classic jersey more. So at this point, I think where you're at is like Jeff Ward, never been in a head coach position before. His first seven games as head coach, he's undefeated. And I think at this point, what you do is you rally with the team and you say, you know what? Let's see how long we can keep this streak going for Jeff Ward. I think that's what you do now. That's what that's how you that's that's what you rally now behind is like, hey, we might make some history here. Well, let's see how long, many games we can win out of the gate with Jeff Ward. And another thing I think you rally rally behind is like, holy shit. We're two points out of first in the Pacific Division. Everybody's been writing us off all year saying we're done. We were a fluke last year. It's like, let's fucking go. This is ours. Let's yeah. go. Let's get. Let's reclaim what is rightfully ours. I think you can beat Carolina. Yeah, the, the Canes, even though they they were rolling early, they've slowed down recently. They got shut out in Vancouver last night. Yeah. So We're rolling. Yeah. So I think you just all you really want to do is keep playing how you've been playing. Yeah. Keep just tweaking and adding a little bit. I think if you just keep playing the way you've been playing, you'll beat Carolina. If you keep playing the way you're, you're playing, you're one of the best teams. You're one of the in the upper echelon of NHL hockey teams that you're we ba- saw last year. You're basically the team we saw last year. Keep doing what you're doing. Fast transition. Do you think we'll see David Riddick? on the power play. I think we'll see David Riddick. I think we'll see Riddick. Because yeah. I'm I, trying to think about where you start Talbot. I think Talbot gets Montreal, if I had to guess. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And then you have another back-to-back the following week, so he'll be, we'll see him there. And then you got Edmonton later. Yeah, but maybe you do see maybe you do see Talbot because it's like afternoon game, so it's really only like a day and a half of rest. So 
I don't think anything has been confirmed. I'm just going to check Steinberg's Twitter real quick. But if it were me, I actually wouldn't mind going Talbot tomorrow. Either would I. Afternoon game. Like, especially since he played so well against Coyote, uh, against the Phoenix or Arizona Coyotes. Get him right back in there. Yep. He's feeling good. You're feeling good about him. Team's feeling good all around. Yep. I, I don't think I'd mind that at all. So I agree. I'm good either way. Yeah, I'm good either way. Like Riddick played good last night. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see, I don't see any. Steinberg says he nothing confirmed yet, but um, yeah. And I God, please play Shillington tomorrow. Come on, I know they're not going to do too much for you know since they've been winning. But come on, Michael Stone gives you nothing. Yep. He made one good play last night, sure, but come on. And I think maybe on a closing note, it's like we've said this before, but when you're the trick in a long, lengthy season like this, and this is the same thing in life too, but when you're... Laying down life lessons here. Well, hey, that's what's so great about the world of sports. These games, what happens in 60 minutes is a good... It's a microcosm of what happens in life. You have ups and downs. You have adversity. You have all sorts of shit. So when you're going through a lengthy season and you're in this down slump, the trick is to try and minimize that as, as small as you can. And then when the things are on the up and up, you try and... Stretch that out as much as you can. Well, and that's why you hear people like Jeff Ward talk about the process so much, right? Because it's not like about winning the game itself. It's about winning the most games in the season. It's about winning the series of games. Yeah. So if you look at right now in this team, everything's going the right way. So you just got to show up and keep going. You need to get at least another point tomorrow. Like, you, there's no reason for you to, to, to fall flat. Like, you have everything going for you. This is one of those things where you just need to stick to the process. And trust that you'll you'll keep getting points as long as you do that until the tides shift and then you have to change things. But for right now, like this is one of those things you gotta extend that point streak. See how long you can go for. Because I mean, if you can win, if you can get, well, you you can beat Carolina. Come on. Oh yeah. You can beat Montreal. Pittsburgh might be a bit of a challenge, but they're without Crosby. They're beatable right now. Hey. If all- you can turn, if you can all of a sudden go on like a ten game win streak. Yep. This season. Every all the shit that has happened this season can be put completely behind you. Yep. And this can completely start over. And that's the thing; these guys are on a seven-game win streak. I think part of the narrative is like, "Hey, let's see how long we can let's see how many we can win." I mean, what's it been? Three straight seasons they've won ten in a row. Yeah. Did they win ten in a row last year? They definitely did yeah. the year previous. They did. I think they did. I think they might. They, I don't know if they, they got did. quite to ten, but they were definitely on like some sort of ten points. They did streak. a heater. I know that. Yeah, they were definitely. That's on a when they took over year. first. Yeah. So yeah, I know they. It's the same core. It's the same group. They've done it now three years in a row. I think maybe they'll go longer this year. And here yeah. I am saying this, and um, yeah, <laughs> watch us get crushed this week. Yeah, exactly. we'll be like, Fuck no! But it's true. Like, it's what we said earlier in the year. It's like, okay, at least they're still in it. All they need to do is go on a heater and then get back to where they were, somewhat to where they were last year. They've yeah. stayed in it. They've yeah. managed to stay in it. Now they're two points out of first in the division. My point is, is that this hot streak, as you can see, is not over yet. So you gotta ca- you gotta cash in. What did you say? You gotta make hay while the sun is shining. I said that. You said that. I think a lot of people say that. And that's a saying you've heard you say. Anyways, I'm really looking forward to the game tomorrow. Um, I do I do like Doug, watching Dougie Hamilton play. I like watching the Hurricanes play. I'm not cheering for them or anything, but I do like watching them play. I think we're gonna win tomorrow. Do you have a prediction for tomorrow? I have a prediction for tomorrow. I'm gonna say three two win. Yeah, that sounds good. You know what? I'll go like I'll go like 
I'll go five. I'll go uh, a nice fun five-four overtime win for the kids, for the kids in the afternoon. All of us big kids. Love it. 